Hey, my name's Aldonado, and you're listening to Born and Raised, a podcast about children of immigrants living in Canada. So the first sound is putting in the key and turning it. Wait, let me do that again. Wait, wait. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to narrate it. I'm just going to make it happen. Today's guest, who I'm talking to face-to-face from a safe distance away in late October of 2020, is letting us into their living room. Well, to be exact, it's a place that's nicknamed the living room of Toronto's Chinatown. And if you're wondering about keys, well, that's because this living room happens to be located underground in the basement of a shopping mall. So this is how you start every uh, every opening. More or less. It's been a while, I guess, since we've actually come in, make tea, hang out, you know. My name is Henya Chang. I am a Toronto kid, born and raised in Christie Pitt specifically, and my parents are from and they immigrated here in 89. Um, Home is... Because I think of, like, homeland, you know, a place that I don't really understand that my parents and their ancestors and my ancestors, you know, know. And then I've literally lived in the same house my whole life, in the same room. So there's, like, that kind of home. Home, like, in myself, like, feeling home in my body and in my personhood and then I would say home in Chinatown I think Chinatown to me really encapsulates the layers of being born here um, and how it's like a very complicated identity to unravel Hanya's story is like the rest of the stories in this special pandemic edition of Born and Raised themed around what home means to a second-generation Canadian. And as you heard, Hanya has so many ways of defining home. For this episode, I wanted to find out how they've built a home away from home, literally. At first glance, T-Base is essentially a medium-sized classroom space in the Chinatown Centre on Spadina Avenue, where locals gather to just... live. People drop by, they take naps on the couch, or they work on their laptops. Like they really treat it like a living room. There's always snacks, rice crackers, white rabbit candies, as well as random bits and bobs of artwork and past projects. On the day I visit, I'm given a brief tour of an art show this space is holding. It's special for reasons we'll talk about much later, but I think this show illustrates how playful the space always feels. Um, I'm Chris. I'm a co-creative director at T-Base. So we have three artists in the show. So it's myself, uh, Florence Yee, and Arezu Salamzadeh. Here is a um, candy machine. Um, so it's $2. You just need a loonie, and you can get this a little ceramic fortune cookie. And it has like a real like typed fortune in it. And all the fortunes are uh, related to gentrification in some way. So the next one, I actually did this cat like rug for T-Base because I was at home because I hadn't seen T-Base in a long time. So I was like, oh, I'm going to make them a rug for when we come back. And so I wanted it to match Arezu's cats, which are already here. So the ceramic lucky cats. They're making the exact same face. Exactly. I love the way that Arezu does the faces on their ceramic cats because like some of them just look really like this one's crying and smiling and 
Some of them just have like really weird, relatable expressions on their faces. So they're, they're great. I love them so much. This volunteer-run community space and tea shop founded by Hanya and two others, John Smith and Michael Vu, is more than that. Tea Base officially opened in 2019 and held more than 150 events that year, including DIY workshops about zine making, art shows, organizing projects that encourage activism, you name it. It's all taken place in this former Vietnamese ice cream parlor. Tea Base is kind of just like a little living room. Yeah. Like I always joke that it technically shouldn't exist. And it's just our little place to imagine and dream. We just make up this shit. I don't know if I can swear, but we just make it up and it yeah. happens. Can you just give me a super quick, like a lightning round sort of uh, explanation of like, what shit have you made up in Tea Base? Hot pot potluck art fuck. What? <laughs> Wait, so you eat hot pot and it's everyone brought their different... And then they make art, I assume. Yeah, and then, they, and then they bang. And then they bang, okay. yeah. <laughs> Well, me and John threw this event in April of 2019 called Collectively Collecting Collectives. Oh my God. A collective conversation about collectivism. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. That one was really funny. That one got me. Um, What else have we done? We've done like big dinners here. We imagined the garden. We imagined all of our mahjong tables. We're like, we need mahjong tables. And people would just show up with mahjong tables. So anything we imagine, we... It happens. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. T-Base has been a journey of me unraveling myself. I think I'm really in it for the relationships. And even, like, the community and the core team that has developed in T-Base, everyone can pitch their ideas. And everyone feels empowered cultivating the community that they would want to see, you know? I think T-Base represents something different to everyone. Is that a lightning round? Is that good enough? that, That was perfect. Okay. Most of the people who drop by T-Base are young folks who are politically active. Many are queer Asians who feel a tug pulling them to a safe space. Some are born in Canada and looking for cultural belonging. That's a lot for any organization, let alone a community arts space solely funded by well-wishers. They've even translated their chill, living room vibes outside into the courtyard at the center of the mall. This garden was originally like a pile of bricks that was just sitting there because there was a dispute amongst management over the feng shui. And so when we moved in, we're like, wait, why don't we just turn it into a garden? Hanya talked about their idea with Amy Lam, a member of the local grassroots group Friends of Chinatown. Amy had recently attended a conference about North American Chinatowns and had learned that many Chinatowns were planning a week of political action. I was like, well, we're planning to do the garden. And then Amy was like, well, Toronto should do something. So we kind of like partnered up and uh, we processioned down Spadina. We had banners, we had chants. Who owns Chinatown? Not your stupid office building. And then we spent the rest of the day gardening and we ended it with a meal, a hot pot meal. Sort of fiery, let's just do it attitude is so Hanya and is par for the course with T-Base and the collectives that have their roots in it. But people from all walks of life, all ages and all backgrounds have taken the underground trip to T-Base. And T-Base, as the name suggests, makes a really great cup of tea. Thank you. Oh man, are those red dates? You got it. Here, I'll make some for the Mahjong crew too. The clacking of mahjong tiles used to be a weekly echo in Chinatown Center. 
before the pandemic, a dozen players, young and old, rookies and veterans, would battle it out every Monday evening at T-Base. During my interview with Hania, I ran into two regulars. How do you feel about Mahjong? Like, is it something that you've had since Charlotte, or is it something completely new? Uh, it's something that, like, my family used to play, like, on both sides of my family, and they never, like, really taught me. Uh-huh. So I just, like, took matters into my own hands and came here. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. This kind of group chatter is rare in the mostly secluded mall. It's not just because of the pandemic, although that has put a damper on foot traffic. Even before the virus, the mall was a very locals-only place for small business owners and seniors. It didn't always used to be this quiet. Decades ago, when this Hong Kong-style shopping center was a new building, it was bustling and filled with people, many of whom were newcomers who arrived in the 70s. Its heyday was thanks in part to the neighborhood's rise as quote-unquote New Chinatown and the fall of Old Chinatown. Old Chinatown survived racism, Canada's anti-Chinese head tax policies, the Great Depression, and police raids. But it was ultimately gentrification that led to the area's eventual end. It's hard to know this history of displacement and loss to know that places slowly got quieter before shuttering down and not worry about modern-day Chinatown or Chinatown Center. I only know about this hidden gem because I grew up playing the old Street Fighter arcade machine that used to be in the food court. And Hanya just so happens to have childhood memories of their own. My mom used to work upstairs for like five years. I grew up coming here all the time. Like some of the, when we first moved in, some of the shopkeepers like recognized me from when I was a kid. Yeah. How did that feel? It felt like I was um, coming home in a way. And like there's this prophetic photo of me when I'm one and I'm um, standing on the main floor of the mall, like kind of pointing at that Chinatown Center sign right there. Um... I think most some of my favorite things at T-Base is like being able to work with my mom. Like the reason why Mahjong Monday started was because I thought, oh, I could start getting my parents to come and we can play. When Hanya talks about working with their mom, they're talking about all the events their mom has been part of. She's hosted her own macrame workshop, a soup making workshop, and even brought kanji to feed visitors. It's easy to see where Hanya inherited that DIY spirit from, as well as their love for building community with others. I feel like when you have multiple people shuffle, the sound is different, yeah. Like, to me, T-Base was really like, I want to hang out with my parents. I want to hang out with my parents and, like, program and make space, which is what I love to do, and um, meet the queer Asian diaspora. Because before, I was like, how big is it? Like, how many people are in it? Like, (laughs) Wait, before T-Base? Yeah, because before T-Base, I was really like, oh, I want to be white, you know? And then I wanted to be black. And then I was like, wait, I'm Asian. Yeah, so we started having these staff meetings where we would, like, debate about how we would identify um, because we were like, oh, well, 
you know, Pan-Asian is really like imperial. Um, and we don't, we can't claim Pan-Asian because our team is predominantly East and Southeast Asians, like our core team. Um, and then we're like, oh, but like, you know, East and Southeast Asian sounds really like insular and like excludes, you know, like other people. And we're like, oh, I don't know. And then we were like, what about Trans-Pacific? We were like Trans-Pacific for a little bit. Yeah, like borders are kind of like a lie, but you know, we do have to identify something. So we're going to do it our, our way. So we're quote unquote Asians. That's how we choose to identify, air quotes, Asians. Hearing Hanya explain how they've unraveled who they are by who they're not, not black, not white, but Asian, and then from there being able to interrogate what being Asian means or what that doesn't have to mean reminds me of how many children of immigrants must unravel their own definitions of who they are. And in turn, these sorts of journeys can change how we see our own communities and sometimes even expand them. And then it's funny because now I've been like, quote unquote, Asian for two years and I've been organizing my people. And I've kind of just come to the conclusion that like identity politics is stupid. For me, it's like, how do we still center Chinatown, you know, and like the Chinatown experience while including everyone? Because to me, it's Mm -hmm. about like the values of Chinatown. Chinatown is for and built by and for working class immigrants. You know, so there's a certain set of values and principles that come with that. And you don't need to be Asian to identify. You know, everyone who, like, is lower class or lower income gets their groceries from Chinatown. Lucky Moose. Shout outs to Lucky Moose. Shout outs to Lucky Moose, right? And it's like Chinatown has such a rich legacy of mutual aid, of community, like family associations where literally um, Chinatowns were built on legislated racism. That's the that's the reason why Chinatowns exist. Exactly. Um, so I think there's a huge history of like resilience and family and um, surviving. And Chinatowns across Canada, including Toronto's, have seen plummeting sales. Watching beloved restaurants and bakeries drop like flies is tough, especially when these spaces are so beloved by those who stuck around. I think I've become like incredibly attached to this mall and this space and like getting to know people and the relationships, like Invisible City Records, the Kumon kids, the seniors, the security, different like um, shopkeepers. You hang out with them, they tell you some stories and then Peace Man visits you and he like tosses you some candy. Wait, who's Peace Man? Peace Man is this like 80-year-old senior who is more upbeat than, like, most 20-year-olds. And he'll, like, dance and he'll always have snacks in his pockets. And he'll, like, give you snacks. And he'll, like, he's he's really great. He's, he like, one awesome. of my favorite. I love him. Is he, um, has he been in the mall since the pandemic hit or? I saw him the other day. Nice. Yeah. His So his Cantonese name or how he introduced himself to me was, um, which is, like, peace, bro. So I call him, like, peace man in English. Is it ngon? Yeah, ngon ping. Oh, ping go or ngon go. Or anyway, whatever. My heart feels so warm just imagining this sweet old man uh, bestowing the world with his good vibes. Mm -hmm, His good mm -hmm. vibes. So this is the hard part of the story. By the time you hear this, this living room that Hanya loves, it won't be around anymore. Or at least around in the same way. What's happening to T-Base? 
Yeah, so our landlords are repossessing their unit and essentially reno evicting us because they're opening up their own um, high-end oyster shop or something. Wait, wait, wait. That's the reason? That's the reason. <laughs> yeah. a, a high-end oyster shop in Chinatown Center. Exactly. On the on the bottom floor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've been calling it Seabase. <laughs> <laughs> Are you able to tell me how it felt, though, when you first got the news that you would be renovated? It's kind of heartbreaking. But, you know, I think change. Change is necessary. We must adapt. It is very DIY. You know, this is this is the culture. Came full circle. Yeah. So T-Base unraveled. It closed its doors in late October, right before the second lockdown hit Toronto. Before it did, I got to walk around and enjoy its closing art exhibit back in five, which you heard earlier. But as Hanya has said, unraveling isn't always a bad thing. Everything that happens to you is an opportunity to see and meet yourself and unravel, which I've said so many times, um, and, and to allow love to transform you. With that in mind, the team has taken over online spaces throughout the pandemic with the same love as they did IRL holding Zoom mahjong games, language cafes, an art market in virtual reality, and even cooking lessons. They have plans to hopefully rent a different unit in the mall. So the living room is coming back to Chinatown eventually. They'll be back in five, just like their last event hinted. Like, I really think it's like, it's the people who make the space. We could be anywhere right now, you know, but it's me and you. And it's like me and Peace Man. If T-Base was a person, if you could say goodbye or you could say something, what would you say? Oh, man. If T-Base was a person? If you could talk to T-Base. T-Base, I love you. And you've witnessed me do the work and unravel myself so many times. And I've witnessed you do the work. And it's been an honor and I'm so grateful for you and yeah only we will really know just you and I okay get home safe thanks for the card did you guys get your care packages okay good 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 okay bye thanks for coming And that's our show. I'm your host, Al Donato. This episode of Born and Raised was produced by me, Anne Lisa Young, who's also our executive producer. Additional production work courtesy of Nathara Jimenez. Special thanks to our guest, Hanya Shang, T-Base, and Peace Man. I just love that guy. To learn more about T-Base, we'll have all those details along with photos, links, show notes, and a transcript of the episode on HuffPost.ca. Thanks for listening.